When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, as more and more hobbyists play with this whole botanical method aquarium concept, we're seeing more experimentation, more new ideas, and a lot of interest related to the setup, the husbandry, and the long-term operation of these systems, which is cool. We talk a lot here about the fact that a botanical method aquarium is sort of always evolving. You see me comment on that in social media posts. We'll often say when someone shares a tank, we'll say, oh, great. Can't wait to see this tank evolve because that's what they do. The way they look when they start out is far different than they look three months, two months, six months, a year later. They evolve dramatically like any aquarium. And, you know, we're continuously, you know, adding, removing or rotating in new botanicals and leaves to replace those which can decompose you know people are doing things so it's a bit different than a typical aquarium because you're sort of editing on the fly on a more or less continuous basis in some cases this dovetails nicely with the whole maturing process of an aquarium specifically thoughts on what the difference is between a tank that's just you know cycled and one that's defined as mature now i guess the logical place to start with such a discussion would be well at the beginning or the beginning phases of your tank anyway. You know what I mean. You've designed the perfect system. You have a beautiful low iron glass aquarium, the you know, the best filtration system you can afford, an insanely tuned LED lighting system. You know, you're gonna represent this Asian theme black water environment. Your fish choices are looking good, they're on point. You've selected some choice leaves and botanicals from an online vendor, you know, like uh, maybe 10 in aquatics, <laughs> and you're ready to go. Yeah, this tank's gonna rock, it's cool. Of course, before all the fish are swimming about in their new home, you need to cycle the system and get it suitable for life forms to reside in. It's one thing to have a nicely equipped system, quite another to have a sustainable and suitable system for life. It's still another when it comes to that lofty hobby moniker of mature. So I'm operating on the assumption, and that's gulp, I always gulp when I make an assumption, but I'm operating on the assumption that most of us have a basic understanding of the nitrogen cycle and how it impacts our aquariums. Uh, maybe we don't all have that understanding. I don't know. My ramblings are sometimes a little bit crazy, but it's no, you know, uh, it's not always often that we touch on this stuff. And people have labeled my uh, ramblings as moronic before. And so it's no biggie for me as said moron to give a very oversimplified review of the cycling price process in an aquarium. Let's going to, let's touch on that for a second. Now I'm not going to talk about methodology. I'm going to just talk about what exactly happens and Again, some of you, this is Fish Keeping 101. It's boring. Go get yourself a drink. Come back in about a minute. The rest of you, just buckle up and listen. It's real quick. So during the cycling process, as you know, I'm not going to talk down to you because everybody knows this, but maybe you don't. Ammonia levels are going to build up and then suddenly decline as the nitrite-forming bacteria multiply in the system. Because nitrate-forming bacteria don't appear until nitrite is available in sufficient quantities to sustain them, nitrite levels climb dramatically as the ammonia is converted 
and keep rising as the constantly available ammonia is converted to nitrate or nitrite, excuse me. <laughs> See, trite, trite. Now, once the nitrate forming bacteria multiply in sufficient numbers, nitrite levels decrease dramatically. Nitrate levels slowly rise and the tank's considered fully cycled. So, in summary, you could correctly label your system fully cycled as soon as nitrates are detectable and when ammonia and nitrite, level are un- nitrite levels are undetectable. Depending on the methodology that you use, this can take anywhere from 10 days to as many as 4 to 6 weeks depending on so many factors. And in my experience, there's tons of, I hate to say cheats, but there are some cheats or hacks you can use to speed up the process you know, the classic of adding some filter media or sand from a healthy, mature aquarium, or even utilizing one of the many commercially available bacteria in a bottle products to help build those populations of beneficial, you know, bacteria. I don't like cheating, but I kind of like some shortcuts on occasion and, and, and biologically stocking your tanks important. But again, this word shortcut is kind of annoying because really the whole idea is starting the tank. I'm super stoked when I start a new tank, and this is a confession here. When I started a new tank, I don't have to have fishes in it in day one or even day 30. I'm okay with letting those botanicals and leaves accrue biofilms, break down, throw some food in the tank. You could actually cycle a tank fishlessly with botanicals. And again, that's probably another story for another time. But those of you familiar with how the nitrogen cycle works and how aquarium ecology works, understand that this is quite possible. So... Anyway, for for the purposes of this discussion, we've at least established what we mean in aquarium vernacular by the term fully cycled. Now, what does the term mature mean? Um, Well, here's where we lose some of the hard facts and get into judgment calls and opinion, and that's okay. I'll give you my thoughts on the topic, and I'm sure I'll hear some of yours. In my opinion, a mature aquarium is a system in which the nitrogen cycle is fully functioning and maybe nitrate is produced as the end product of the biological filtration process. However, it goes further than that. Uh, I believe that a truly mature system has distinct traits that set it apart from newly cycled systems, specifically significant populations of microfauna, algae, and even plants are in the system and very few anomalous crashes or you know, fish deaths occur. Ammonia and nitrite are undetectable and have been indefinitely. It's not something you even think about, really. Stability exists in terms of animal population and in just overall environmental fluctuations. The other thing is, you know, microalgae might be present. The the substrate is, you know, uh, rich looking. It's not harsh and new. Botanical materials are softening up a bit and decomposing without a measurable impact on the water quality. In other words, your beneficial bacteria can handle any decomposition <clears throat> excuse me, of botanicals without significant impact on the water quality. You're seeing biofilm and fungal growths. Not huge amounts, but they're there. Uh, mature tank has a stable, healthy, consistent fish population with few losses of any frequency. If you have plants, they're actively growing and increasing in size and requiring pruning as well as improving in their health and color. This is nothing earth-shattering that I'm talking about here. What's more, though, there's a certain something to a mature aquarium, a smell, a look, a lack of excess in either good or bad animals. That's hardly scientific, I know, but it's true, right? I mean, what is an excess? An excess is just one group of organisms taking advantage of something in the absence of others. In my opinion, a mature tank is one which you don't have to freak out every time you miss a water change, forget to feed, fall behind on you know algae scraping, topping off, whatever. Aquariums that are 
environmentally stable allow you a certain degree of latitude in maintenance and overall husbandry, but that doesn't mean you can kick back, of course. With a botanical method of coring, you're typically adding and removing, well, maybe you're removing, but you're definitely adding leaves and seed pods and stuff regularly. I pretty much do this during most water exchanges. If I'm going to add something, that's that's when I do it. In addition to the obvious aesthetic refresh you get from a new bump of, you also get a new bump of, you know, humic substances and tannins from the freshly prepared botanicals that you're adding. And of course, adding anything to your aquarium that breaks down is bioloading. You need to continuously observe your aquarium and test the water regularly just to detect and follow any trends in the overall chemistry that could prove to be a source of concern. It's just good to know what's going on in your tank. It's not set and forget. Now, I'm not saying you have to obsess over every single blip on the uh, the test kit or every little extra, you know, bit of algae or something you see as a cause for freaking out. But just keep an idea, keep an idea in your head of what you want. Monitor your tank regularly and just know where you're going. I just think we freak out about this, the most ridiculous, minute things way too much. Don't have to worry about it. Now, mature tanks can also fall into what one of uh, my friends, a, a reef geek by the name of Mike Paulette, referred to as old tank syndrome back in 2006 in a reef aquarium publication, although this concept is very adaptable to freshwater aquariums too. Now, Mike asserts correctly that an aquarium, no matter how biologically diverse or successful, simply is not a true slice of the bottom, rather that it is a closed system, and it's potentially subject to accumulations of nutrients, specifically nitrogenous wastes and phosphates over time, some of which can reach a detrimental concentration unless regular maintenance is conducted to combat their accumulation. Again, this is not rocket science. This is literally Aquarium Keeping 101, but for some reason, a lot of people think that the aquariums that we play with are either more difficult to maintain or they're super easy to maintain because they kind of look sloppy or whatever. So regular, though not obsessive, water parameter monitoring is always advisable to ascertain just what's going on in your tank. The need to monitor parameters like ammonia, nitrite, and nitrate is obvious at certain points in the tank's lifestyle, but really what I'm talking about is things like pH, nitrate, maybe phosphate, just because they give you some information. TDS is interesting. It might prove to be a useful yardstick, perhaps even more so than pH in the long run, because uh, it's, it's an, you know, total dissolved substances, although it's such a generic measure, it can mean anything. So I've often went back and forth on the value of it, but a lot of people like to think about TDS and TDS meters are interesting. So why not get one? They're not that expensive. <laughs> We've talked a lot about establishing baseline operating parameters for your tank and trying to stay within that baseline for the life of the aquarium. It's generally not hard to do. If you're not doing crazy wacky things to your tank, Tanks tend to fall into a little equilibrium and they just sort of go. In other words, even with regular maintenance practices and monitoring in place, you you can't truly set the aquarium on autopilot and let it run by itself. I mean, you could, but there's a constant war between good and bad chemical concentrations going on in your system. And you need to be on top of things in order to assure that the bad doesn't outweigh the good. Now, that's not always going to happen, but over time, things can. If you neglect basic husbandry, allow excessive amounts of, uh, you know, uh, accumulation of fish wastes. Uh, if you're not changing filter media in your filters, you're not cleaning power heads, et cetera, et cetera, things happen. And that again, common sense has nothing to do with specifically with botanical method aquariums. It's all aquariums, but botanical method aquariums by their very nature do have a lot of material in them 
So you're starting at a sort of a, I don't want to say a disadvantage, but you're already starting with a lot of stuff in your tanks. You just don't want to add too much to it of undesirable things. So nothing really new here, except to say that with intentionally decomposing botanicals in the aquarium, the need to be on top of things is simply a more obvious priority. This type of aquarium is truly constantly evolving, a little microcosm, very similar in many respects to a natural stream or river or body of water. Now, how do you know that you have excesses of organic nutrients building up in your long-established aquarium? Well, when you start noticing outbreaks of algae where none existed previously, that's one tip-off, or the failure of previously you know, thriving fishes to display that growth and vigor that they once did. There's other signs, many of which an experienced keeper of fishes just sort of knows. As people often say, an aquarium is not, is a lot like a terrestrial garden in many respects. You just need to prune it regularly. You need to stay on top of things, whether it's a, a reef tank or a planted tank or whatever, the need to get your hands wet or interact or have, as my friend Jake Adams says, take, make communion with your tank is super important. That's part of the joy of the hobby. Now, in our botanical method aquarium example, the pruning is sort of metaphorical, and it really represents the act of periodically maybe removing or replacing decomposing leaves and other materials to keep the parameters from falling out of line. However, I can state pretty categorically that in the 12 or 15 years or so since I've really gotten more into botanicals than ever uh, in my aquariums, I've not had this happen. Things just don't change. If you're not doing radical changes in your tank, you just don't usually experience this stuff. Common sense, husbandry, attention to what's happening in the aquarium, and just learning what's baseline for your system has been a religion to me. It's always given me stable, surprisingly low nutrient systems, even with all this stuff. I've long theorized, and completely anecdotally, of course, that the botanicals in our systems offer a significant media for beneficial microorganisms to thrive among, which serve to break down organics very effectively. Sort of the way a a sand bed would in a, a reef tank or a planted aquarium, maybe even some denitrification occurring in addition to fungal and microbial growth. It's an interesting idea that I think is worth a lot more serious research, but I think if you look at anecdotally what's happening in your tank and then compare it to natural aquatic ecosystems, there's something there. And, and if you deep dive on this, there's a lot of good information. Now, again, the bottom line is that a botanical method aquarium, being a closed system like any other, will demonstrate some characteristics that are easily identifiable when it's mature. Yet you still need to address consistency through aspects of husbandry and maintenance throughout its existence. Much like a garden, an aquarium could run wild if you leave it to its own devices, and the outcome for many fishes and plants and residents could be negative, or at least significantly different than what you intended to create. Now, no one said that working with specialty aquariums is this ridiculously easy thing, but it's really not difficult either as long as you have a basic understanding of the environmental processes and conditions within your aquarium. There sure is a lot to learn here, isn't there? So stay observant, stay vigilant, stay relentless in your pursuit of knowledge, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.